0: Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, August 8th, 2022. What's going on? How are you? Jesus Christ, August 8th already. Where is this summer going? Jesus Christ. Every year we say it. We say we need to enjoy it. We say we need to enjoy it, and, and by the time you get the pool inflated it's time to take it down it's crazy Um, well fortunately there's global warming so the summer continues into like the first week of October alright so you got time you still got time to get your uh, revenge body I love that whole idea of revenge body you broke up with me I'm gonna get my vengeance by getting in shape well maybe if you weren't a dumpy fuck you wouldn't have got broken up with you ever think of that you let yourself go you took your foot off the gas. Um, also, they were nice enough to realize they didn't love you and they let you go. So now you can find true love. Someone who will accept you for who you are. A person who stays in shape to get somebody and then lets themselves go. No, I'm kidding. Um, anyway, uh, I don't even know where to begin with this fucking week I had. Um, this whole fucking world, man. is so much nicer than it's being presented on social media. To the point people are like literally losing their fucking minds. I was driving over to a buddy of mine's house. You're writing something, right? And I'm driving down the street and a guy outside his house. He had a sign. that said, warning. My sense of humor might offend your liberal sensibilities or something like that. <laughs> He had that outside his house. First of all, I just don't like the whole footloose vibe of that guy. You know? Like he's fucking, you know, moving to the small town and we're not allowed to dance. And he's going to show us what the real world is like. It's First of all, no one's going in your house. Warning, man. The way I joke around, you're not going to be able to handle it, Man because you're too sensitive man you can't handle the real world the way I can man you know I was just talking to somebody you know what's funny is how like fucking dumbass liberals like don't even know what's going on in the fucking world because they they call like 48 of the 50 states like flyover states because they're too good for it right and then the fucking morons living in the red states don't know shit about the blue states I don't know it's a weird thing when you go to both. And you're kind of like, yeah, everybody's just kind of cool, man. Like, I don't know. Everybody's just sort of uh, going out, doing their thing, getting a sandwich. It's not a whole bunch of shit going on here. Um, I was just talking to somebody, you know, about that, that stereotype of Hollywood that there's all these guys up in the hills, you know, fucking pedophiles banging underage chicks and all this shit, right? And uh, the red states always say that. And then you look at the red states and their age of consent on average is 16 years old. So it's like, well, what the fuck are you guys doing out there? (laughs) (laughs) I think it's safe to assume that if you moved out to California where the age of consent is 18, a lot of you guys would be in the same fucking trouble. Uh, Oh, Billy's going hypocrisy on this one. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just fucking around. That sign just fucking... That sign is, is the number one thing that is just cringeworthy when you watch uh, either a movie or you, you, uh, some fucking rock star or a comedian, anything. that is there anything worse than the fucking person that thinks they're dangerous and, and they're not and they do like that preemptive because, you know, I know you don't you know mean... You, you don't know what's gonna come out of my mouth. I well, like when women are just like, you know, you know, guys can't handle me. Most people can't fucking just completely wrapped up into like the universe of them. Like how fucked up. Are, like what? Like that guy. I swear to God, who has that sign. He comes home and turns on the twenty-four hour news network that agrees with him and just fills his head with that shit. And then he goes online and and, and types in capital letters. Like, why would you waste your fucking... T- I don't know. But then on the other side, he's living out here in California. He's conservative. He's probably sick of his neighbors. I'm trying to go empathy in my older age, you know? Not like there isn't a bunch of wild, stupid shit out here. I really don't have a dog in the fight, to be honest with you at this point. Um, but anyway, oh my God. You're not gonna fucking believe what happened to me. I went to uh, spend a time with my kids and I went to one of these little playland things for kids and they had this structure where once your kids went in it, like you couldn't really go in there and be with the kids. See, it's kind of this, you know, it's unsettling because they go around the corner, you can't see them. There's a whole bunch of people there. There's a whole bunch of adults and it's like, I think everybody here is a parent. I don't know what's going on. It just, it had that fucking uh, fly in the ointment vibe. So I already didn't like it and I'm in there. My son's in there and there was this bigger kid was trying to give him a plastic ball. My son's, you know, only two. He doesn't know what's going on and the kid got frustrated. He took the fucking ball and smashed it over my son's head like twice so I'm on the mesh thing going, hey, 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 you know, stop doing that. Knock it off. So my son's freaked out. He like runs away and the big kid, I don't know if he felt bad. He fucking runs over to him and like my son's freaking out like get the fuck away from me and I can't get in there to break it up so all I can use is my voice So that's what I'm using. And then the dad came over, right? And he's on the other side of the structure. He gets the kid to get away. And then he looks at me and he goes like, yeah, we good, bro? Are we good? That's what he says to me. And like, listen, I'm no tough guy, but like something about when somebody tries to bully me, I forget that I, you know, haven't had a fight in three decades. So I take a step towards the mesh and I go, what? What? And I forget what else he said. So next thing you know, this fucking idiot is walking through the structure like hunched over, like the hunchback of Notre Dame coming over to my side. And I go, oh, here we go. I'm like, is he coming in here to keep a closer eye on his kid or what's going to happen? So I'm standing at the bottom of this fucking area. I'm standing ankle deep in colorful balls and this fucking dad comes in. He doesn't look at me. He's got his back to me and he starts like bumping into me. Right? (laughs) Put this back to me. You know, I don't know a lot about MMA and martial arts and defense, but I don't think that's a good way to start a physical confrontation. I'm going to turn my back on you and start bumping into you. So I address it, and then he turns around, and he looks at me, he goes, goes, what do you like, what do you like, a buck 80? (laughs) I thought he was going to ask me how much I bench. So I just smile, and I just look at him, right? I'm like, all right this guy outweighs me like 60 pounds so he's gonna lunge at me I'm gonna jump back and take the back of his head push him down to the plastic balls and I'm gonna get out of here that was my only move um and it just keeps going and then he starts he turns his back again right cause I just sort of laughed when he said it I said I forget what the fuck I said I just laughed at him cause I knew I kind of feel like if someone's gonna hit you they just go in and do it they don't come in and turn their back to you and it's just like alright this guy is doing he's he's going uh, machismo here he's trying to he's trying to urinate all over this space so if I was more mature I would've given up the space but I'm a fucking bald orange cunt so I don't and I stand there and then he starts talking shit about me not looking at me so I go is that, is that directed at me? and he's like no I'm just talking to myself it's a free country You Biden voters haven't taken that away yet. And I go, oh, Jesus. I go, you one of those 24-hour news-watching guys? And then he tried to flip it around and be like, oh, it's because I'm brown, right? I guess he was Mexican. I don't know. I don't know what he was. He was fat. That's what I knew. And, uh, And whatever. We're just going back and forth. And I'm really fucking... I don't know. It's like I'm enjoying it, but I'm not. It's, you know, because my kids are there and shit. So we're just John back and forth. They're the ones that's going to back down. And then this Asian dude came in. This is a very progressive story. We got like almost every race is involved here. Um, the Asian version of, uh, I was going to say nice guy, Eddie. Nice guy, Eddie was not a nice guy, but I'm going to call him nice guy, Eddie. He comes and he goes, hey, come on, guys, not in front of the kids. Not in front of the kids. Then he goes to give me a fist bump. And I, I was more mad at him than the other guy. I'm like, what the fuck are you trying to settle me down for? I didn't fucking do anything. This this guy's fucking lunatic kid is smashing my kid, you know, over the head. So he goes to give me a fist bump. And I just fucking look at him. He's like, come on, bro. I look at him. Come on, bro. And he and then he just crawls out. So now this guy's fucking giving, giving me shit. He goes, he goes, don't even fucking act like you weren't me mugging my kid. And I go, your kid smashed the ball over my kid's head twice. And before I even said it, he goes, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. I'm like, you're one of those guys. You're one of those fucking guys, right? So, um, I don't know. We just do this dumb shit. It was so dumb. It was so dumb and it was so long and neither one of us was going to fight. It was so fucking stupid. And then he finally has to go. So then he's got to crawl out. Right? He probably said something else. I don't remember. So then now I'm out of the thing later on. Because I thought he left and all of a sudden I'm sitting down trying to watch my kid in all the blind spots of this structure and he comes walking by and he goes, all right. He goes, have a nice day, grandpa, right? Call me an old dad. <laughs> so I go, all right, buddy, keep eating that cake. And it actually hurt his feelings. He stopped. So then I stood up because, you know, I thought he, I thought he was going to sucker me or something, right? And he just goes, I can run rings around you, bro and run rings around you and then he just fucking walked out and I was just like and then people at the front decks were like what happened what was that I'll tell you what that was it's your fucking lunatic structure here where you have kids of all ages Jesus Christ you got like nine year olds and they're like jumping down the slide where you got toddlers down the bottom of it that's what's going on here so I don't know looking back honestly on it by the time he saw what was going on i was yelling at his kid so i understand why he did that so what i should have said was say listen i'm sorry i raised my voice at your kid it was that your kid was hitting my son with a ball he probably he probably no he wasn't if you know i'm I'm just saying if I'm, i'm actually giving this guy the benefit of the doubt so i don't carry this for another week that like if i had said that um, that maybe he would have heard what happened earlier and we could have just fucking been friends. You know? But whatever. I never said anything fucked up about his kid. I never took it any further than that. He brought up weight first. And then he, he attacked me with ageism. Um, he was really annoying me. He was saying, yeah, keep playing. He goes... You know, you gotta be careful. There's no, you know, there's no bubble machine in here. He was doing that. He was doing that, that classic fucking, you know, this is Larry Liberal and he he's sitting here with his meatless sandwich and he can't fucking deal with me and all my fucking red meat and my testosterone. Um and I just love how he he equated his obesity with strength. What are you, a buck eighty? Yeah, it's called being in shape, you fat fuck where you sit around and eat fucking burgers and fries all goddamn night, and all of a sudden, now you're what? You're what? You're now you're a fucking heavyweight champion? Oh, my God. It was the worst. I was literally went there to spend time with my kids, and, like, this is what happens. And I gotta, I'm, I'm going to take my... I'll take 51% of it. Because I feel like if I didn't have a temper, I probably would have had a nicer tone. But I was honestly scared for my kid. I, I, you know, what, what the fuck am I? See fucking kids hitting my kid over the head with a. I had a normal reaction. Whatever, but it didn't escalate. And I apologize to the uh, to nice guy Yeti for not giving him the fist, but I did leave him hanging. I actually went to thank him uh, to apologize to him later, and I almost walked up to the wrong Asian guy. Thank God he had the fucking sleeve tattoo. Um, he that guy had a sleeve tattoo, so I realized it wasn't him at the last second. I was like, oh Jesus, I almost compounded this. Um, So what I'm saying is is I'm going to stick to the park. I'm not going to go to any (laughs) more. I'm not going to fucking. I'm not going to. I'm not going to any one of these organized fucking things anymore. I'm not doing it. I just, you know, you go to the playground. They have the smaller place for the little kids and then they have the bigger place for the bigger kids. So this thing was just like, you know, it, it, was, it, was, it wasn't it was set up right. It was inevitable. Okay, Bill, what are you blaming the business now? All right, I have a temper. That guy had a t- We're both, we're a couple of cunts met at a fucking structure. There's nothing wrong with the business. There we go. It took 15 minutes. We got to the truth of it. Not one of my uh, prouder moments. What are you, a buck 80? What are you, a fucking fight manager? Trying to figure out what weight class to put me in? Um... I did love, though, being infuriated and still having to walk hunchbacked to confront somebody. It was really funny. Um, it actually felt like a scene in the movie that I'm, I'm, I literally lived a scene from this movie that we're, uh, we're going to put up. Which, by the way, we went to, uh, and if for some fucked up reason, any of those people listening, I apologize. All right. I, I take my fucking 51% of that. And I don't want to ruin anybody's day. And the guy I said, a cake eater, you weren't that fat. All right. You're like six weeks away. All right. What are you going to do? I can give you some tips. (laughs) Oh! Um, Anyway, I uh, went to New York last week. Out of nowhere, uh, Miramex wanted to have a screening in New York of all places. And uh, so I had to jump on a red-eye flight. We went out there and and we, we screened the movie in front of 200 real people. Which was exciting, you know, because you're living in a bubble where it's just everybody who makes movies is watching it. We're trying to guess what people are going to think. And at the end of the day, we got to hear what the fucking people that buy tickets are going to think. So we went out there and uh, it was really cool. We actually had it at a theater on the Upper West Side that I went and saw Pulp Fiction at in 1994. That's how old I am when it came out. Um, I was seeing it for the second time because I was still living in Boston, about ready to move to New York. I saw it in Boston, and I went and I saw it again. Like every Tarantino movie. Like, I'm just going to go to it once. I can't. There's too much gold in it. I got to keep going, right? So I went back and I saw it again, and, uh, and all these years later I was there. It was, so, it was really fucking wild to be in there because I was kind of thinking like, wow, because for the first time, I was like, this is actually a movie. You know, you're so close to it. After a while, it just feels like this... You feel like you're redoing a house or something, um, but fortunately, uh, it did fucking great. And uh, people came out; and they were very complimentary. They really liked everything, and um, it was uh, it was a pretty it was an amazing night. So I'm really excited. We're getting close. We're gonna fix like five or six things, rewrite something else, do a quick little reshoot on one thing, and I and I think this thing will be ready to be colorized. Put some music on it, and then you guys can come see it. And I'm going to tell you, man, I'm going to call in a favor when that thing comes out. Oh, uh, Billy Freckles is going to need you guys to show up. Even that guy from the Bouncy House place. <laughs> Be funny if he goes to see the movie. He's like, that guy looks like that fucking asshole from that thing who yelled at my kid. Um, oh, and then I get canceled. How can you say this is a good movie? Then, then he goes bubble machine. Um, which, by the way, I think children of liberals and conservatives, at the end of the day, I think the children still like bubbles. I think every kid likes bubbles. Um, anyway, I. Uh, what else did I want to talk about? Um, oh, by the way, dude, August 8th. Do you realize what that means? We are, we are like less than a month away from the first college football game. And we are a month away from the first NFL that Thursday night game that pits the Super Bowl champion right against somebody else. Who won it last year? Your Los Angeles Rams Um, are going to be coming out looking to get their first victory. I cannot fucking wait. I'm still hanging in there with my Red Sox. Um, It's getting tough, man. They got rid of Jackie Bradley Jr. I fucking love that guy. Christian Vasquez, I loved him. Guys in the the dugout playing the Astros. It's like, yeah, buddy, you're 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 on you're in the wrong dugout now. You got to go across the way. And uh, I don't know. I always wanted to talk to somebody. Like, what's it like? What's that got to be like, man? That is just fucking nuts. To get like not only like are you not on the team again, you immediately have to compete against them. And all these guys you love and you love playing with all of a sudden are now the fucking opponent. It's got to be, uh... gee, Bill, you're really going out on a limb there. It's got to be what, Bill? It's got to be tough? Is that what it is? Um, I'm not tough. I'm only a buck 80. I need to go to fucking In-N-Out Burger a couple more times and you know, so I can get some respect down at the playground. Um, guy was trying to fucking out dad bard me. I want to be like, dude, I'll take my shirt off. I'm just as big a mess as you are. <laughs> <laughs> you want to take our shirts off and try to see who quit first? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, my God. Did I think I was past those things in my life? I'm 54, and that just fucking happened. Jesus fucking Christ. Um. I did like the grandpa line. This is a comedian. I, I fucking, I, I was laughing about that on the way home. It was fucking hilarious. All right, see you later, grandpa. I mean, come on. That's fucking hilarious. Um, you know, bro, we good? We good, bro? What? And wait, they should have a fucking UFC for dads who aren't going to fight. Like, is the pre-fight. like the, That's like the comedy before, like, the beatdowns. There's two guys who aren't going to fight, and they're acting like they're going to, but they both know they both have too much to lose, and they don't want to do it in front of their kids. Um, all right. Yeah, so anyway, I'm getting ready to go back. I got a gig Wednesday night. It's going to be me and Keith Robinson out there in Queens. Out, uh, out there where they play the U.S. Open. Uh, not the Arthur Ashe Stadium like I thought it was. It's the other one where they used to do music, I think, before they played tennis or something. I guess Jimi Hendrix performed there. And I want to say John McEnroe, Jimmy Connors, and all of them before they built that newer one, the Arthur Ashe one. I'll have to look that up, but I'm going to be performing there, and I cannot even begin to tell you how fucking excited I am for that gig. Um uh, I you know, and then I am doing a bunch of spots in New York or whatever, getting ready for the uh the Fenway gig. Uh I got another one in upstate New York. And then I go to Toronto for two shows, then Buffalo, Pennsylvania, and I wanna say Do I go to Maryland? I don't know where I go, but uh I'm getting ready for all of that shit. All right. So I don't have time to get my ass kicked at the fucking kitty playland. Um did I mention the entire time we were talking shit like, you know, we were in some action movie. We were, we were ankle deep in those colorful plastic balls. I'm not even lying. <laughs> <laughs> if there was actually an incident, the cops would have to go in there and look at all those flat balls from the two of us fat fucks rolling around on the floor with each other. Um, oh, my God. You can't do it though. You just can't fucking do. it. Dude, There's been some tragic shit though. There was there was one a long time ago. Two two dads got into a fight at a fucking in the bleachers at a uh, at a hockey game, and one of the dads fell backwards and hit his head and he fucking died. I mean, it's just there's just no upside. There's no upside. So I'm glad that it just ended up being funny insults. And I actually like I gotta say I think he got the better of me. I don't think uh, keep eat, uh, keep eating that cake. Eh, you know, weight thing. It did make him stop, though. It did make him stop. But I I, got to give, I got to say, okay, Grandpa. I think that I think that was the line of the fight, Um, (laughs) the argument, the discontent. Um, There should be a YouTube page about about those types of things. Two people pretending they're going to fight and then they don't. You know, but neither one wants to back down. They just want to get the last word in. has anybody seen that fucking YouTube clip or whatever, TikTok, whatever the fuck you watch it on where that woman is for whatever reason lighting a car on fire? I'm imagining it's a jilted lover situation. Uh, so she pours like an entire thing that you'd fill a lawnmower up with. Not a lawnmower, probably a dirt bike. I don't know what. She's got like a fucking, look like a, like a At least a gallon of gas. And she pours it into the back seat. (laughs) Probably right down where your feet are. Had a nice puddle of it. And I'm going to say she didn't have a good science background because she takes the match. She lights it. And then goes into the car like with her head. She's standing outside of it. She sticks her head like reverse Ace Ventura. She goes into the car... And drops the match and just the whole place goes and just blows her back like a fucking Rambo movie. (laughs) And then she fucking crawls away like a dog or something and then comes running back because she's got to go get the evidence and everything. And I was just fucking cracking up thinking about like obviously this video of it the dude whose car it is is going to know his ex-girlfriend and then they're going to go over there and ask her if she did it, you know, because she had like the hoodie up and all of that type of stuff. But the thing she fucked up with is she probably burned her eyebrows off. So, then she's got to just act like she's one of those chicks that shaved her eyebrows off so she could paint some real ones on. That's the move. And then you just say, no, man, I was home. I don't know what you're talking about. You know? And then you're sneezing the whole time because you don't have any fucking hair in your nose anymore to block all the particles. All the fucking particles, dude! You know what I think I'm going to do for Fenway? Other than my act, I think I'm just going to tell every fucked up Boston story I can remember. And and if it goes well, I'll tell another one. If it doesn't, I go back to my act. And if that gets going, you know, then I just go back and I'm just going to tell all fucking... Meathead fucking Boston stories from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. That's my game plan. That's my game plan. And I am sticking with it. <coughs> Trying to think of... Oh, I've been watching more of that that show, uh, The Bear, on, uh, on Hulu. Uh, about the restaurant, man. I, I fucking love that show. Incredible acting. And just the way it's shot and all of that type of stuff. Like... um, I just can't imagine everybody that works on that thing like the day they wrap on that season and they don't have to fucking do 9000 setups in that little kitchen. You know, they do such a great job of capturing the lunacy of the kitchen when um when it's busy. I was in that world for a minute a long time ago. I was like 19 years old. I worked in this restaurant down in fucking North Carolina. I've told you guys this story before haven't I I started off I was the bus boy right and my job was I had to I had to mop up the floor in the fucking oyster bar right it was black and white tiles like the old fucking improvs and uh it'd always be fucking dirty as hell and I remember I used to fucking make that oh Jesus I sound like Tommy getting shit in Goodfellas oh he'd make those shoes shine I used to make that fucking short that fucking floor shine And then I went in the fucking, you know, the men's room. The men's room was always fucked up. But then the ladies room was just, it was just otherworldly. It was, there was so much fucking toilet paper. It was like somebody won a championship in there and then bled on some of it. (laughs) I mean, you literally had to go in there in a fucking hazmat suit. And oh my God, it was nuts. But I do remember one time I went in there and my manager was already in the bathroom and he was brushing his teeth while puking. He would brush his teeth and then we go, Bruh! and he had the water running. And I was like, what the fuck? And I just was mopping up the floor, acting like nothing was happening. And he would brush his teeth for a few minutes and then puke some more. And then I had to clean the fucking sink afterwards. Oh, this was, this was a low period in my life. And I remember after he was done puking, he brushed his teeth, he just looked at me, he goes, Oh yeah, you know, sometimes I you know, brushing my teeth makes me gag. <laughs> it's like, dude, you weren't gagging. You were puking. And why don't you just not jam the toothbrush down the back of your throat, you fucking size queen? What the fuck are you doing, right? And then I realized it took me like I didn't even think about that. You ever just like not think about something for ten years? You just believe what the person said? I literally believed it. I believed that there was a guy out there that brushing his teeth made him gag he hit the gag reflex by brushing his teeth which makes no sense which would cause him to puke into a sink and you'd think if you do if that's what happens when you fucking brushed your teeth you wouldn't do it at work you do it at home it took me f- like 10 years later i looked back on that and i finally was like no he was fucking he went out drinking the night before probably till four in the morning and then he showed up here for the lunch thing still hung over and he was fucking puking that's what happened. So fucked for forever. I was just thinking like, well, I guess if, you know, when you go up top and you kind of brush it on the insides of your uppers, you know, if, if you kind of lost control of whatever hand you brush to, you I, mean, I guess you could maybe jam it back there and hit the gag reflex. Um, yeah, that place was fucking, that place was fucking wild. And I remember, uh, it was slowly going out of business, like most restaurants. And what, what, what happened was, it, first I was the busboy. Then I was the busboy and the dishwasher when the dishwasher quit. They just knew I was dumb and not good with money. They were like, hey, Bill, do you want to be the dishwasher too? We'll give you an extra 50 cents an hour. And I was like, oh boy, 50 cents an hour times 20 hours. Oh, that's, that's $10. Oh, I could buy the new ACDC cassette tape and have two ninety nine back. Maybe I'll get a Snickers bar. I wasn't realizing like they were paying that kid like three seventy five dollars an hour. That was minimum wage. They should have doubled my pay. I'm doing two jobs. I just said, okay. And then I was doing both those jobs. Bussing the tables and then fucking setting up the tables and washing the dishes. No OSHA problem there. Then the grill guy quit. The mesquite grill guy. This is like a fucking I love Lucy sketch. Then they put me up on the grill, gave me like another 75 cents or a dollar an hour. Like, I should have been making like, I don't know, 10 bucks an hour. This was like 35 years ago. That was a lot of money back then. And at that point, I think I was making like $4.75 an hour to do three jobs. Um, And I'm finally here to speak my truth about the power structure at that restaurant. (laughs) So then what would happen was, I'd have all the dishes ready to go. I'd have to mop all of the, both the fucking bathrooms in the oyster bar. And then I had to go up. I had to prep all the fucking grill shit. And then I had my busboy uniform underneath my apron. And then I wore a tall chef half. And I fucking gr- worked on this mesky grill behind glass like I had any training whatsoever. And as I was cooking, I was looking out onto the floor seeing who was almost done with their meal. And as I saw somebody get up to leave... I would act like I was bending down to get some ingredients. I would take off the hat, lose the apron. Hey, Toots, lose the apron. I would lose the apron, and then I would run out there. I would grab all, I would bust the table, bring all the dishes back, and then quickly set up that table while I, while I had shit on the fucking grill. Um, and then people would be like, we need more glasses. And, and I, I, I never said, like, I, I never spoke up for myself. I mean, well, what the fuck do you want me to do? I'm making shrimp roof shits over here, you cunt! Which you could do back then. So then I would run back and do that shit. I, I would always have a couple burners not on, and I'd set stuff to the side. So one time I was in the middle. We, we finally did a great lunch. We had some special, and the place was fucking packed. And, uh, you know, I would get the orders from the line behind me, and I'd have to look at the order to see what they had to make on the line, so I could time out whatever I was grilling. Well, I was so fucking busy, I saw burger and I threw the shit on. Not paying attention, you know, I just fucking threw it on. I remember there was this kid Jason. He was a Metallica fan, had a little fucking fucking wispy mustache, and he had his fucking heavy metal hair pushed up underneath his Chef Boyardee hat. And I turned around, I go burgers up, and he goes, "Dude, what are you doing? I got you know, I got all this other shit I gotta make," and I. He goes, put it on the side of the grill. So I just took the tongs, grabbed the plate, and I stuck it on the the side of the grill, on the burner that wasn't on, but it was still hot. So then I went out and I bust a few tables and all of that shit, washed some dishes, and I came back. And then Jason was like, yo. He's like, Bill, what's up with that burger, right? So I fucking, without thinking, I just grabbed the tongs, not realizing the plate heated up and I turned around I had it by the tongs, and I just handed it to him and he had his hands out like he was going to accept the Eucharist right (laughs) and I put it in his fucking hands and he just went (laughs) and fucking you know he went down you know like out of the like the window and I turned around the whole restaurant was looking at me And I swear to God, I almost broke a fucking blood vessel trying not to laugh in front of everybody because it wasn't really hot. It was hot enough that he yelled, but he was able to put it down. It was in his hands for like, you know, under a second. Uh, Plus, he has chef hands. Those is the tips of the fingers. He's all right, right? And um, I crouched down and for five straight minutes was like, Beat red, just fucking laughing my ass off as I was trying to apologize to him. And I can hear him, but they can't hear him. I just heard him back there as he was running water. I was like, Jesus, fucking, put a fucking fucking. <laughs> and none of the managers got mad because I was doing three jobs for the price of uh, fucking one and a quarter because I was not good at math. Oh, that's that's that story's called Old Billy Dum Dum. And that place eventually... Uh, Went out, of, went out of business. But the shit that went on at that fucking place, man. I know I've told these stories before, but what What do you want from me? They fucking, I remember there was this guy who was a raging alcoholic. And he had lost his license for drinking and driving so many times. They weren't even going to give him back to him. And this is the 80s. So that, that, that was a lot. You had to do a lot to get the death penalty on your fucking license. And he used to ride a fucking... He used to drink all night. And he would come in bleary eyed. He's one of these guys who was like 34, but looked like he was 62. He had like a fucking uh, one of those gin blossoms, you know, just a fucking red nose. And I remember it was like the winter time, and in the south, like it gets cold enough back then, where you'd have like you'd get a frost. And he would drink until four in the morning and then just fucking pass out. And he would wake up and take a shower and then just ride to work with his hair all wet. And I remember his hair would be like frosted on the sides from being wet. And um, I apologize if I have told this story too many times. This is just for any new listeners. So basically this guy's moped was his life. And it was the only way he could get back to his trailer where he could drink. It was fucking brutal. It was like, you know, it was like it was it was like an episode of intervention. The beginning of it, before we knew to intervene, we just thought the guy was hilarious that he loved the booze. Like you know, like uh, no one was an alcoholic back then unless they said they were. It was weird. So um, he showed up to work, and we all knew what the fucking moped meant to him. So as a joke, we were fucking with him. He was in I don't know folded napkins or something doing the setups. And and he was only working the lunch that day. So it was a joke. Me and the Metallica kid and I think one other guy, we took his moped and behind the restaurant, they had like this shed, like it was built into a hill. And behind it, there was like a little road, a little street behind. It was part of a mall, right? So we wheeled the thing out and around, up the road, and then we put it on top of the shed so he couldn't find it. And he went out there and his bike was gone and he had a fucking meltdown. He almost started crying and we were trying to keep a straight face. And then we were just like, oh, man, I'm so we're just fucking with you. And he's like, oh, man, you guys are fucking dicks, man. Fuck. I thought somebody took my back. He called it his bike. Right. He took my bike, Right. Like He had a motorcycle. And we went out there and someone had stole his moped. <laughs> I swear to God. I know it sounds like a joke. I swear to God it's true. And they somehow recovered it. They found it and somebody tried to paint it. I remember it was silver and they put all these black shit on. It looked terrible. And I remember like three days later we were working the same shift and I saw him coming in on his moped with his frosted hair and his fucking gin blossom riding on I felt so bad. I felt really fucking bad. Um, and those are the restaurant stories. And I'm going to keep all the drugs up. but Everybody was doing drugs except me. I was just a drinker back then. Before I had my eight years of heroin. No. Um Anyway, so if you want to see a show that kind of captures that fucking total dysfunction of the uh, beautiful mess that is a fucking restaurant, check out that show, uh, The Bear. Um, Really, really, really enjoy that. I got to learn the names of the people in it. Um, I mean, obviously Oliver Platt, I know his name. Uh, he's in it. But like some of the younger actors or young to me, I'm an old fella here who gets into arguments that won't, escalate to a fight at a fucking bouncy house Jesus Christ a fucking moron you know and then like an idiot I told my wife that story and she goes I hope he you know you know did you look around before you went outside I said yeah I absolutely looked around because that guy struck me as like okay he didn't want to fight but would he drive over me with a car I think so Um, definitely be an SUV with his fat ass oh Bill still taking shots um, all right, let's uh, let's let's do some reads here for the week. Uh, stamps.com, everybody. Ba-da-ba-da, ba-ba, ba-da-ba-da, stamp, stamp, stamps, Stamps, Stamps.com. Stamps.com. Um, I love that song, by the way, the end song and the price is right. It always rem- reminded me of being on summer vacation or when you would fake sick and you get to stay home. That's what I would do. I would fake sick. And my mother would always give me shit. She goes, "All right, you did it. You got the day off." And then she would go off to work, and then I would act all like I was upset that she wasn't acknowledging that I was sick, even though I wasn't. Um, and then she would go to work, and then I would fucking i put on, I put on uh, the fucking Prices Right. Well, that didn't come on till like eleven. That was the best, uh, faking sick, watching the Prices Right. All right, stamps dot com, everybody. Having to drop what you're doing to make a run to the post office is a major pain, especially when you got more important things to do. Yeah, like getting into an argument with another dad at a bouncy house. Stop, so stop mailing and shipping the hard way. Stamps.com is your 24-7 post office that you can access from anywhere. Skip the headache with Stamps.com. You've heard me talk about Stamps.com. They've been sponsoring the show for over nine years now. And if you haven't tried it, what are you waiting for, man? I mean, come on. The opportunity right there. Stamps.com saves you time, money, and stress for more than 20 years. 20 years? Jesus, they were ahead of the game. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over one million businesses. Uh, businesses, businesses. Whether you're an office sending invoices, an Etsy shop sending your products, or a warehouse shipping out orders, it makes mailing and shipping a breeze. Right up your shorts there, tickling your ball bag. All you need is your regular computer and printer. No special supplies or equipment. Plus, Stamps.com seamlessly works with Shopify, Amazon, Etsy, eBay, and more. Wouldn't it be great if Apple would work seamlessly with somebody? um don't mail and ship the hard way sign up with stamps.com today sign up with promo code burr b-u-r-r for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free sh- postage and a digital scale no long-term commitments or contracts just go to stamps.com click on the microphone at the top of the home page top of the page sorry and enter code burr b-u-r-r all right there you go and with that and with that, we are in, just like that, people, just like that, we are into the, uh, the questions here for the week. And uh, the great Andrew Themelis, um, incredible producer, musician, person, uh, says, Bill, great emails. All right, here we go. Woodstock 99. Dear Bill, I was at your semi-recent show at Woodstock in Bethel, New York. That was so much fun, man. What an incredible crowd. Perfect weather. And right on the other side of the hill was where Woodstock happened. And it's so crazy. You go there and you just look at the hill. The hill is famous. Like, it's recognizable. I thought there'd have to be a bunch of stinky hippies on it for me to recognize it. Um, I was at your semi-recent show, Woodstock, blah, blah, blah. I worked a 10-hour day as a mason in Syracuse and drove three-plus hours. This sounds like this is going to be a complaint. Oh, Jesus. All right. So you work more than I do when you drove three and a half hours to see me were you're disappointed? Three and a half hours after work by myself to catch your shit jokes front row! Exclamation point! Now make sure that fact doesn't stroke your ego too much. I thought you were going to shit on me. Uh, your bald head doesn't need to get any bigger. Ow! Oh. First I get called Grandpa. I am. I look like an old Charlie Brown. Um, anyways... On stage, you were asked where Woodstock... You asked where Woodstock 99 happened. Um, and I wanted to shout it out. Uh, being in the front row... Well, you should have. But what can I say... What can I saw Oh, say I'm an introvert. Um, you don't sound like an introvert in your emails, dude. You fucking ramp it up here. Uh, it took place in Rome, New York, at the former Griffiths Air Force Base about an hour east of Syracuse. Well, Why don't we give it up to Bethel for fucking understanding that uh, they weren't going to get lucky twice. So I just hopped on Netflix and saw a banner for a documentary about the festival t- titled Trainwreck, Woodstock 99. Yeah, that was, uh, that was not good. Uh, which I can assume covers the shit show that the festival was Although the first was also a shit show, but more in the bathroom sense. Yeah, this was more like price gouging and sexual assault, is what I remembered from that thing. Um, I'm glad I didn't go. Uh, I haven't watched it yet, but thought you might be interested, given that Random Music Facts is one of your 5,000 interests. A little shade there. I get it. I have ADD. Sorry if you've talked about this on the podcast already. My six- and seven-year-old partners in crime sons are keeping me on my toes lately, so I'm a little behind on the episodes. Take care and go fuck yourself. Um, I don't think I'm going to watch that because I remember the news reports. Maybe, like, if you you didn't know what happened, it would be, I guess, kind of interesting or whatever. But it just, um, I don't know, man, just... Human beings doing shit like that to each other—it's just, you know, everything from the price gouging to fucking uh, all of that other shit, man. It's just terrible. Um, Gee, Bill, you really went out on a limb. That's a really, say, it's a a fucking really went against the grain there. Um, All right, vitamin C and intermittent fasting. Oh God. Oh God. Now, I tried intermittent fasting. It didn't work for me. After six days, I quit. Um, vitamin C, I was all about. And then somebody says, you know, the dosages they give over here are way too high and it could fuck up your kidneys. So now this person, i you know what I think they're going to do? Because that person who told me wasn't a doctor. And now this person I'm assuming is not a doctor. And then they're going to give me the exact opposite information. And I'm not going to know what to do. Uh, Dear Bill, the vitamin C article you saw was about people abusing it. It takes a lot to hurt your organs or do permanent damage with vitamin C. That kind of makes sense because wouldn't a bunch of us have kidney problems? Do I need to go into the kidney problem chat room on Reddit to get to the bottom of this? I like when Reddit gets to the bottom of it with a bunch of people who weren't even there discussing what happened. You know, pulling pictures and splicing them together and putting music underneath it. Uh, We're talking way more than the recommended amount for days on end. All right, well, there was a period there when I was doing the movie. I was taking those emergencies, and that was like a 1,000 milligrams. That that couldn't have been good. Also, intermittent fasting is good for certain people in certain scenarios. I'm not a doctor. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. I like this person. But how do I know this? Because I read the full articles instead of just the headlines. Oh, you're giving me shit? Glad you didn't, though, because I'd rather you ignorant and funny than reading properly. Thanks and go fuck yourself. No, I read an article about it. I didn't just read the headline, you asshole. I read a different article that says the opposite of what you're saying. And then also, how do you know that the article you read wasn't from the people that sell vitamin C paying these other people to say that this is a good fucking thing to do? All right, before you get on your high horse. I noticed that when I was trying to buy a fucking shop vac. I looked up the top 10 shop vacs. And boy, oh boy, the first thing I clicked on had the top 10 shop vacs. And when you know it, everyone I clicked on was sold at Home Depot. You'd almost think they weren't sold anywhere else. It was almost as if somebody who was paid by fucking Home Depot put together a list of all all the shop vacs they have at Home Depot. You know, so you're not a doctor either. All right, so fucking my misinformation is just as good as your misinformation. I will not be talked down to as an uninformed person by another uninformed person. Okay, I can get my ego just as much as you can. All right, I never made fun of his kid. I never went down, Ray. I never went down. Um. All right, how to kill a lobster. Dear Billy Basket Case. That's not even funny as much as it's painfully accurate. Uh, First off, love everything you do, blah, blah, blah. Listen, if you're not going to commit to the phony compliment, I don't need you to fucking do that, all right? I don't need you to get me excited and then trail off, you know? Don't fucking put that shit on me because you're not comfortable with emotions. Why can't you express love for another man? Um, In your last episode, you were discussing... Uh, the most humane way to dispatch of a lobster. I was asking if there was a way and then I read an article which I'm sure wasn't the real one, man. We need to talk to the vitamin C guy. Uh, My mother has a... Do you know the fucking FDA is allegedly filled with a bunch of people that used to work at big pharmaceutical companies and they were allowed to get those fucking jobs and then they allegedly pushed through drugs? That's something else I heard in a bar um, that'll make you uncomfortable and I can't back it up with any facts um, about twenty minutes before dropping them into their final body of water. Wow, dude, that was really eloquently written. About twenty minutes before dropping them into their final body of water, it's literally on death row. She soaks them in a solution of booze and water. Throw them in with the that bottle of white wine and and loose bud heavy from the fridge, etc. That's been in your fridge fridge for weeks. Not only does it give them a last hurrah, there's a nice and loose... They're nice and loose going in so they don't tense up in the steam. And the final product is more tender. Dude, you want me to give like a date rape drug to a fucking lobster? You want me to drug my victim? All the best to you and your... F- Yours from a fellow red-bearded German Irish cunt from the northeast. Ah, God bless you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just isn't it easier to just not eat lobster? <laughs> it's just so medieval, and we will boil you to death for you insulted the queen. We all know she's a cunt. Um, how to bre- you just don't say it? How to break up with someone you live with? Oh, this is a good one. How to break up some- with someone you live with? You know, you know who should know who know who should. <clears throat> Jesus Christ! What the fuck happened there? Too many hits to the head there. Um, the people who need this information are all these morons you see on these murder shows. Um the amount of people that I watch on these 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 murder shows that my wife thankfully has taken a break from, she goes through phases where she's just like mainlining Dateline NBC. And um, I, we end up, I don't know, it's so fucked up because we're watching murder shows, but we end up getting a lot of laughs in that I just fucking tease her for like, what, why are you watching this? I just start mocking how horrible they are. And then I just start singing, go to sleep, go to sleep. Like, why would you watch this right before you go to bed? Um, but one of the things I've noticed is the amount of people, the first major crime they try to commit is not only murder somebody, but it's somebody they know. That is the hardest fucking thing in the world to get away with unless you work for the government. Now, uh, it's the hardest thing to get away with because you're automatically a suspect. You'd never been busted for anything, so you're not like some hardened criminal that knows how to fucking handle interrogation to be like, "Am I being charged with anything? If I am, I want a lawyer. If not, I'm going to leave." I'm pleading the fifth. Um, they don't do that. They go out and they f- they always bury them in like their backyard. There always seems to be like. Like I got to tell you something right now. If your neighbor is putting in a well, he's thinking about killing his wife. All right? If you if if the guy's wife says, you know, you catch her in the pet store and she has a weird look on her face and says, uh, yeah, we got this we got a rodent problem." Yeah, she's trying to kill her husband. All right, the smart ones go to Home Depot and they buy buy a plate of, uh, you know, a pane of glass. That's what you do when you bash it up microscopically and you just start putting it in their food. I think that's how it's done. I don't know. Um I know guys are supposed to be more evil but I got, at least if you get killed by a guy it's over quickly. Like women, I swear to God, Jesus Christ, it takes them like eight months to slowly kill you. You know? There's a lot of women in prison that could write a book called The Eight, the eight Month Murder. <laughs> um fucking hilarious. It almost takes them this oh this is an 80s joke. It takes him almost the same amount to have an orgasm as it does to kill somebody. Thank you. Thank you. Regonomics everybody. Um anyway. This I actually believe if you're a progressive school um there should be a, they should have a class a a, a requirement that teaches people, young people, how to break up with people. Teaches people how to know when a relationship isn't working. You know? And there would be less broken hearts. There'd be less murders. You know, I would think the Dateline NBC lobby would do everything they could in Washington to stop these courses from being treated, I mean, being taught to kids in college. And you know what they would do. They would they would just, all you got to do is to kill it. All you got to do is label it as socialism or communism and it's its going to be fucked. This socialist agenda, then, then that'll be it. It'll be over. But um, yeah, the amount of time that you waste um, and the people you hurt and all that type of stuff. So, you know, that becomes that thing. I remember a long time ago, I knew this woman And she was dating this guy and she was living with him and she would always go like, yeah, can't leave now. She just kept saying that. And it did register me when I was younger. And then they got a car together and and they they ended up breaking up. And the whole time she wanted out and she just kept getting in deeper and deeper and deeper. It probably affected her sleep. Crushed that guy because he probably thought he met the one and all that. And all you you need is just some information like this. All right? Because there's a lot of people listening right now who want to get out of a relationship. All right? I'm going to read what they say and then I'll, I'll give you my, uh, my tricks to the trade. Okay? Uh, because when you're, a, you're, you're you're like a young guy, right? Like your first, like you know those guys that are just like, I'm just going to act like a dick so she breaks up with me. Um, stupid. Stupid. Rip the Band-Aid off. Um, put on, brand a tuxedo, you get a top hat. Right? You learn an Al Jolson song, but you change the lyrics and you just sing about how you're going to break up with her. Uh, I'm sorry. I wish I knew an Al Jolson song. Uh, how to break up with someone you live with. Here we go. Uh, hey, Billy Red Rocks. Uh, I was almost going to call it that special. My th- th- my wife was like, don't name it after you nuts. And I was like, you're right. Uh, loved your recent special, and it's also a you know more obvious joke, especially when my listeners are coming up with it too. All right. Loved your recent special and all that jazz. Thank you. Let's get right to it. Uh, I have been with my girlfriend for three years now, but have decided that it's time to end things amicably. All right, good for you. The only issue is that we live together. Can you give can you give me and listeners some advice on how to break up with someone whom you live with? Thanks a bunch. All right. Um. this is definitely there's a degree of difficulty here alright I'm standing up now I'm walking around alright let's go with the positives you're not with the person that you want to be with and you're aware of it and you're gonna do this alright and there's no way to do this without making a mess so let's try to make the least amount of mess Okay? So the number one thing is you're going to break up with her and you still have to live with her. Now, ideally, ideally, you already have another place to go. Okay? Now, there, is a, there are extreme ways of doing do You can do it this way. Okay? I'm kind of doing the cowardly way because you don't want to fucking deal with her. You're... You, you, you don't want to deal with her. You want to get the fuck out. Let's just be a man here. You want to get the fuck Hell hath no fury. And you want to be away from the fury. So if there's a way that you can somehow put a deposit down on another apartment, unless she's totally dependent on you, I don't know what your financial situation is. But I know a guy. Oh, I know a guy. I know a guy. This is how he did it. His wife went out on the... Not his wife. His girlfriend went out on the road. And he already planned to do it. But he knew that she was nuts. So he already had another place. She left. And the second the wheels left fucking LaGuardia, or wherever the fuck they were, his brother came over. They packed up all his shit. They moved it to the new fucking place. And then they sat down. Then when she came back, he sat down. And she's like, "Where's all your stuff?" And he's like, uh, "Where I'm going to be living from now on, because we're not going out anymore." Now that's the fast way to do it. Um, listen, you moved in. On some level, you're going to have to be like, "There's no way. There's no easy way around this." So, um, if you're not in that type of financial position, which most people aren't, uh, the biggest thing. All you have to do is break up with her. All right? You don't have to just stop catastrophizing about how awful it's going to be because it's going to suck. All right? So what I would do is know that she's going to be upset. She has a right to be upset. And just don't get in any arguments with her. And let her say everything she's going to say. You know, if she trashes your family... She makes fun of your dick size or your ability in bed and all the shit that they, when a woman gets mad, you know, God knows, I mean, it's all, they can, they can, no subject is off limits. They will try to rip your fucking soul out. She might not be. She might be cool. I have no idea, but I'm just saying prepare for the worst. Here's the deal. Every time when she comes at you and she says that, just think in your head, imagine if I married that. Thank God I'm not marrying that. She is saying all this horrible shit to me right now because this is her last chance to do it. And then you're going to get the fuck out of there and it's going to be good, all right? And um, I don't know what your living situation is. If it's a one-bedroom, that's good because at least you can sleep on the couch. You won't have to sleep next to her. If it's a studio... I mean, I don't know. This is what I would say. If, she, if she's making your life a living fucking hell, I would literally call your parents and just say, listen, I need two weeks to find a place. I got to get out of here. And I would take a sick day. And when she's at work, I would, just, I would just take all of your shit. Your shit. Okay? Anything even remotely questionable. Hey, I paid for half of that couch. Fuck it. Leave it just take all of your shit pack it up and just get the fuck out that's what I would do why prolong it alright so I need more information if people listeners have been in that situation I fortunately was never in that situation um, so I can't sp- uh, speak from experience but I do know of guys where they were living there and then the girlfriend immediately started bringing other guys home You know, have you ever been that guy? You know, you come home, you think, you know, with the chick, you think you're hooking up and you realize you're just spiteful cock for the evening. (laughs) (laughs) And the whole time you're like, "Um, is there a lock on this door? Is that door bulletproof? Like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing this. Why don't you get all the way out of your last relationship I'm out guys like that's what you wish you had the maturity to do you know but as I've said in my other specials your dick is a dreamer your dick believes nah man we can do it we can pull this off it's not gonna be a problem he broke up with her he doesn't care you're gonna be fine um all right that's the podcast for this week um Oh, Jesus. I can't fucking believe that shit happened to me. What an idiot. I, why, why didn't I just say, we good? I should have said, we're good, man. Sorry about that. I, I, next time, I, I, I'm just saying this out loud, so I do that next time. I don't need to be that guy. Um, anyway, that's the podcast. Go fuck yourselves. I'll see you out in Queens, and I'll check in on you on uh, Thursday.